Welcome to the United Cast, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Man United. I'm your host Matthew and today I'm talking about Manchester United's 3-2 win in the Premier League against Arsenal at home at the good old, old Trafford. Uh, interesting stuff, uh, lots of things to talk about, lots of goals to talk about, lots of performances to talk about. Uh, one of the weirdest goals I've ever seen in football to talk about as well. Ultimately this was a case of, I think, to put it very simply... Um, we were starting to fall very, very far down the Premier League table, uh, sort of worryingly far down the Premier League table, because um, before this game we were three points behind Leeds, so yeah, we, we th- th- this wasn't as much a sort of let's go out there, play very good football and win, because we knew that we weren't going to play very good football today. This was more of a case of let's literally just get the win and get Ralph in, who I believe is in for next game. I know I gave the big speech and everything. Well, not the big speech. I know I gave sort of like uh, I talked about seeing in the new era on Thursday, but there was the uh, the work permit issue. From from what I understand, anyway, that was the issue. But uh, there was lots of um, information going around tonight that uh, Ralph's uh, apparently his press conference is tomorrow as the new the new manager. So obviously he wouldn't have been doing that. Uh, tomorrow if uh, <clears throat> if he wasn't going to be in charge for Sunday. Uh, so hopefully this is the last of the Carrick era, the Carrick slash Ollie slash Phelan slash McKenna era. I don't know what's going to happen to all the other coaches and everybody else that's involved. Obviously we know that Ralph's coming in. He was at the game. The camera cut over to him uh, a bunch of times, which is interesting. Uh, and ultimately this was just Arsenal are... Just ahead of us. I think they were five points ahead of us. And now they're obviously two points ahead of us. And this was simply a case of let's get in there. Let's get the job done. Let's play and try and play some decent football. Which we sort of managed to. But sort of didn't. Um, and let's also <coughs> get past this sort of weird in limbo stage that we're in. Of sort of moving on from Ollie, But not quite moving on to Ragnik Because of the thing and, and whatever. So that's. That's all this game was about. Um, did we play good football? No, no, we uh, w- we didn't play good football at all. Um, and I'll save the player-specific discussion for the player ratings. I think that's the better place to sort of do that because we do, I do have five goals to talk about as well. Ultimately, um, Scott McTominay uh, has got um, he's uh, got some problems with passing backwards and I'll 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 leave it at that for now um cuz I'll talk about that with the player ratings and everything else but uh yeah and and the same sort of four middle combination then Luffy Maguire McTominay Fred it uh, got exposed again I think but yeah it it's it's just my, my head's been a bit sort of are are we ready? Are, are we stopping or are we ready to go in terms of this Man United thing? Because because of all this Ralph information, and I was ready after the Sunday game against Chelsea to move on, and then work permit thing, and then it's sort of like okay, no, so we're not going to that area yet. We're still staying in this other era. But then it's the other thing of like okay, Ralph's supposed to be starting tomorrow. Uh, how long is he going to get with the team before Sunday? How long is it going to take him to realise who the good and bad players are uh, and ultimately take them out of the team um, and implement his own sort of style? I talked about that a lot at the end of the last podcast, so I won't go too much back into that again because I gave a big sort of thing on that. But um, yeah, ultimately three points were earned um, through some very bad football and some very good goalkeeping and some very strange goals. And that's pretty much that. Um, in terms of Arsenal, I think it's it, it's funny with uh, like if you look at us compared to Arsenal, right? Because player for player, we've got a much better team than Arsenal, a much 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 better team than Arsenal. But they're coached better than us. Um, that doesn't mean that Arsenal are like fantastic or whatever, because they're not. Um, and they're they're sort of this like strange kind of team. Um, but in ter- I, I think an interesting way to look at this game beforehand was we let in a lot of goals and so do Arsenal. And obviously we let in five by the end of the game. So it, I suppose it was sort of a weird case of like 
We haven't quite moved on to the new era. Arsenal are in this weird position with their current era with Arteta. Where they started the season off really bad but they've gained some momentum. But they're still not like great. Um, So how's that going to sort of work? And I think it was just more of a case of who can outscore the other person. who, Who can outscore what team due to very bad defending and we won that battle basically that's that's really what it comes down to because Arsenal although although they did play some better football than us um yeah although they played some better football than us they still like made some mistakes and and things like that and we just had more luck on our side I I I think ultimately um yeah it's sort of one of them strange things where Arsenal are coached better but have got a worse team we've got a better team but are coached worse so it's like one team's really good at one thing and really bad at the other thing and then the other team is like vice versa so it was more just a case of how was that going to work so yeah that's pretty much it that's that's all my thoughts on on the the, the game itself I'm going to get into the summary and stuff in a minute uh, where, we, where I can talk about specific events, because I I just want to I just want to <laughs> I just want to get on with this new Ralph era, and stop being in this limbo thing of like Carrick Ollie McKenna McKenna time, because I don't like it and I don't really want to talk about it anymore. I'll just very quickly mention um, as well before the game started or as the game was starting, there was an Ollie Twenty Legend uh, banner in Old Trafford. I'm not quite sure what that's supposed to be saying from those fans because he's still a legend of the club because of how good he was as a player, but he's not a legend of the club in terms of a manager. And I don't... Is that supposed to be like a thank you for what you did over two years? Um, Or is it sort of... Or is it just sort of a general goodbye thing? I, I don't really... I don't really understand that. Because uh, Oli didn't win anything at Man United. Van Hal and Mourinho did, but they didn't get banners. But then they didn't have a previous association with Man United, which was being a player who was very, very good in the past. So I don't know what that's all about. But let's just honestly, for the sake of just everything, let's just, just completely try and move on from this previous era and just start with this Ralph stuff and go with what he's going to go with I just just want to kind of forget about all of it because I am kind of a bit tired of talking about it so hopefully that's it Uh, if if you want more of me talking about that in kind of like a finality finality sort of sense I did do a podcast obviously uh, what was it a week or so ago after Ollie was sacked if you want more of my thoughts on his time as a manager I'd recommend you, you listen to that because I want to just move on from it now so that's what I'm going to do um. Alright, so Smith Rowe's goal 1 0, uh, which was in the 13th, 12th, 13th minute. What does that say? What does that say? 13 minutes, whatever. So they get a corner. El Nenny, I think, takes the corner. No, he's the one that headed the ball on. Fred stamps on De Gea's foot, obviously by accident. Our goalkeeper goes down injured, or not injured, he, he finished the game. He is down hurt because somebody stamped on his foot and he's a human being and that would hurt you. Uh, El Nenny manages, manages to head the ball to Smithrow and he kicks it into basically an open goal. Should that count? Should it not count? Now there's two sides of this to look at. First of all, an Arsenal player didn't foul our goalkeeper. A Man United player fouled their own player by accident but that's what happened. That's why David De Gea is on the floor. That's why he can't get up to make the save. I mean, there's the other question of, like, should somebody have blocked Smith-Rowe's shot? But just forget about that. (laughs) Um, Or why wasn't the corner cleared properly? Or why didn't somebody stop El Nenny heading the ball? There there are ways that you can stop that goal happening before Smith-Rowe kicks it. And even after Smith-Rowe kicks it, you can still block the ball or close him down or block the shot I don't know but that's not what happened obviously so let's just forget about that idea itself um I guess technically that well the goal did stand I guess technically it should and the, the the only reason I can think of that the goal did stand is because an Arsenal player didn't foul the goalkeeper to give Arsenal an advantage um so basically let's do let's let's flip the script here a little bit 
so they've got Ramsdale in goal, and they've got uh, let's pick one of their defenders. They've got uh, Ben White in in defence as well. So if the ball goes to Ronaldo and Ben White stamps on Ramsdale's foot, Ramsdale falls on the floor, Ronaldo kicks the ball into the goal. That would count then, wouldn't it? Because that would be the same situation. Um, <clears throat> I remember there was an England goal actually a long, 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 long time ago. I think we had Sol Campbell and John Terry in defence, and I think it was David James in goal or somebody like that. I think it was a game against Germany. This was a long time ago. This was before like 2010. And I, I, I just remember it because it's the only sort of scenario I can compare it to. Where I think Sol Campbell and John Terry got in each other's way. And the ball ended up going to a... I think it was Germany. Went to a different... Went to the opposition's player and they headed the ball in the goal. Um, that's not the exact same thing because I don't I don't think the goalkeeper was fouled. I think it was Sol Campbell and John Terry had like a clash or something. Uh, so I I guess it should count. It's just it's just a weird one. It, it's it's a really kind of bizarre goal. But that's the only reason I can think of that the goal stood is because a Man United player accidentally fouled their own player. Um. So yeah, it's it's a bizarre goal. Uh, it's quite a good shot from Smith Rowe. I'll give him that, but um, just there's just the additional point I want to add on to that nobody else is really talking about. Why didn't somebody stop the ball from going in, like one of our players, to block the ball or tackle the player or tackle El Nenny? N- none of those things happened. But of course, we're very bad at defending. So what do you expect? What do you expect, indeed? Uh, then Bruno Fernandez equalised 44 minutes just before half time, which was probably very helpful. That those sorts of goals can really change games. If you manage to like score, it, even if we were two 0 down and Bruno scores to make it two one before half time, that's still uh, an an important time for a goal because that sort of, that sort of changes the mentality and the mood going into half time. Because if Bruno doesn't score this goal and Arsenal go in one 0 at half time. That changes the mood. That changes the team talk as well. I, I, I would, I would imagine. I suppose. Uh, but yeah, good little build-up of play. Uh, <clears throat> Sancho Rashford involved with a couple of passes, and Fred did a little sort of back heel. Bruno tucked it away in the corner. These are the types of goals we should be scoring more of, and we don't do it enough. These are team goals. These are wasn't quite. I mean, I guess it was a bit of pass and move, but not pass and move in the effective way that I think of of that when I see, like, Ajax playing football. But it was basically a string of team passes put together and Bruno, the opportunity landed at his feet. But we don't really create those sorts of opportunities. One of the reasons for that is because we don't really pass the ball in that sort of way. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good little finish from uh, from Bruno. Good little assist from Fred. Um, we do have to give Fred a couple of points today for, uh, for for doing a couple of things. Then McTominay got booked before half-time because he's just a reckless footballer. Uh, then we go into the second half. And uh, I'm not sure, right, because Ronaldo scored two goals in this game. He does now have 800 career goals, I think, across all of his goals in his career. I don't know which one the 800 one was. I thought he was on 799 before this game. So I think it's the one that I'm about to talk about. The Rashford assisting Ronaldo passes it from the right-hand side. Uh, Arsenal defender isn't marking Ronaldo. And he tucks it away. This is what I'm talking about. What, what I've talked about after the Tottenham game is giving your strikers service. There's this... I, I, I need to dig into this. Now that I'm on the subject of Ronaldo scoring goals... There's a very nonsensical discussion out there about Ronaldo's role in the team, and I'm going to tell you why it's happening. I'm going to I'm going to break down what's what's going on here. So the argument at Man United as to w- one of the reasons as to why we're not playing bad. Now this comes from the British media, British press, you know, pundits, those sorts of things. So the opinions that don't quite have make as much sense. Um, you can't call them right or wrong, but opinions that don't make as much sense. The argument is that the reason, some of the reason that we are playing badly and not winning certain games is because Ronaldo's pressing. Let me tell you why that's not correct. Cristiano Ronaldo is a 36-year-old footballer, for starters. So his fitness, he's not 21, he's not 25, he's not, you know, young 20s sort of age. Um, he's 36. You know, he's only got a few years probably left left in the game. 
which is sad to think about, but anyway. Um, where you want... So, okay, Cristiano Ronaldo, very talented footballer, very good at scoring goals. Doesn't score every single shot that he has, but very good at scoring goals. He's scored 800 of them now, so there's a, st- a statistic to, to, to back that up. If you want Ronaldo, where you want Ronaldo to use his energy is to do things like run for the ball in the box, jump up in the air for headers, use his strength, obviously that uses stamina as well, to push players away from him maybe, fight for the ball, and ultimately use his stamina to, you know, kick the ball in the back of the net. It's quite useless for Ronaldo at 36 years old to be chasing the ball down. That's just, that's not what you want Ronaldo to do. And I'm going to tell you why this conversation is happening. One, because the media wants someone to blame. And some of you are going to sort of roll your eyes at what I'm about to say. It's because he's not English. So what the British media... I I did a whole episode on this. It's called the British Media Agenda Against Foreign Players. Or or, uh, black English players as well. Is a big issue. You can look at the Euros for that as well. uh, As to, you know, three players getting blamed for missing penalties. Um, and they got blamed because they were all black pe- uh, black uh, players. So there's that. And none of those players were called Harry Kane as well, who's kind of an English media darling. Anyway, uh, Ronaldo is not an English player. He's a Portuguese foreign player. And the media needs somebody to blame, somebody to look at. And instead of looking at somebody like Harry Maguire, who is not only a white British player, but, well, yeah, is a white British player. So the blame isn't going to go towards him as much. Because the media doesn't like to blame um, British players, basically, for mistakes. Um, They do it now and again, but the um, script there is often flipped to the foreign players, which includes Ronaldo. So hey, what 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 should, what should we do to you know that they're, they're thinking at that point? What should we do to blame? Who who should we point the finger at? At Manchester United, okay, Ronaldo's come back, big name, you know, big signing. He's come back. Is he has he still got it? Well, yes, he's scored eight hundred goals now in his career. Yes, he's still got it. Um, so let's just point the finger at Ronaldo because he doesn't run around enough. It's like that's just nonsense. That's just absolute nonsense. Um, so yeah, there you go. Anyway, I'll, I'll, that's 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 kind of my uh, what I wanted to add for that. But again, if you want to hear me break that down a bit more, and also talk about the what happens with Pogba as well, um, I did again. I did a whole episode on that. But anyway, uh, Rashford, good little pass in. I think Maguire kicked the ball forward because we love to play long ball football because we can't play the ball through midfield. And uh, and uh, I think it was Delo had the ball. Then I think he passed it to Rashford. He was down the right hand side for some reason. And uh, ultimately, you know what I mentioned earlier: bad defending from Arsenal, bad defending from Man United. In this case, Arsenal's defence gave Ronaldo a bunch of space, and he uh, tucked it in, tucked it away. Good goal, good stuff. Uh, then we conceded again, yet again, from another ball across the box, which was not blocked, not closed down, in the two different occasions that that can happen. And I mention this almost every game now, because it happens almost every game. Uh, Martinelli crossed the ball over uh, towards Odegaard. Nobody's marking him, because we don't like doing that. And going back to what I mentioned a minute ago, bad defences. Th- those are literally two examples of the same goal, actually, if you if you think about that. Rashford's passed the ball, crossed the ball inwards towards Ronaldo. Nobody's closed him down. Ronaldo scored. The ball goes over to Martinelli. Nobody closes the crosses. Nobody closes the cross down. Odegaard's got a free shot on goal. Nobody closes him down, and the ball goes in the back of the net. It's pretty much the same goal. It's actually from the right side to the middle as well. So it's it's pretty much the same thing that's happened there. Um, but again, I must ask, where are where is Fred? Where is where is McTominay? Where is Maguire, where is Lindelof? Nowhere to be seen. Lost the runners. Can't mark. Can't 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 do it. Um, no, nobody even challenges either of those two players for the ball, uh, Martinelli or uh, Odegaard. No, nobody even gets anywhere near them. Nowhere near them at all. Um, and that made it. What was that? That was two. Yes, that was two two at that point. Then another little good move down the left hand side. Um, I 
think it was Rashford passed it to Fred. Fred got fouled, initially it didn't get given, went to VAR, and I thought it was a penalty because, as I always say with like fouls and tackles and free kicks, if you take the player out and you don't get any of the ball, and there's enough contact on the player to take the player down, because of course you can't just touch the player and then, you know, give give a, give a free kick that way. Um... But yeah, uh, he I can't remember who made the foul, but uh, didn't get any of the ball, and that's a, that's a foul, that's a penalty. Um, pretty pretty sort of a stonewaller type of penalty. Um, I've always made the argument that even if you get a touch on the ball, then you've won the ball. Um, not if you like go right through the back of a player and like then get the ball. You have to do a tackle from like at least somewhat of the side of the player or the front, of course. Um. And he doesn't get any of the ball. Fred gets fouled. Good little bit of work from Fred to be in the box. Uh, I don't quite know why he's in the box. But he's, he, he is there and he, he earns the, the foul. And Ronaldo tucks away the penalty. Pretty easy job. And that's either his 800th goal or his 801st goal. Because I, I don't know which one was supposed to be the 800th goal. But nonetheless, uh, Ronaldo's now got 800 career goals. But, you know, apparently Ronaldo's the problem. Or, or, or something. Uh stupid English media press <sighs> anyway um, that was pretty much that uh, Saka came on, there's nothing to say about that, uh, 79th minute, so late substitutions, yet again hopefully this is the last time this kind of thing happens in the game um, ah, hold on a second there's a few um Right, I've just seen a couple of things come out about Carrick. Right, I'll, I'll finish this summary and then I'll talk about that. Not to, to not to, to to not derail myself, uh, which I've kind of already done. But I'll I'll read those. There's some quotes and things about Carrick that have just come out that I've just seen pop up. So I'll read those out in a minute. Uh, Lingard uh, gets brought on for Rashford. Um, who did we actually have on the bench? Because I'm not completely sure. Um, the old Diallo was on the bench. It would have been nice to see him. Or Greenwood, but no, Lingard came on. Lingard came on. Martial came on, and Van der Beek came on. They all came on too late. But um, Phil Jones was on the bench again. Look, he's he's, he's getting back into the team. <laughs> uh, Mata was on the bench. Uh, so right, Bailey, Delo, Greenwood, Henderson, Jones, Lingard, Martial, Mata, Van der Beek uh, were were on the bench. I would have liked to have seen Greenwood, Diallo, and. Van der Beek, well, Van der Beek a bit earlier, personally. That's the changes that I would have made. Uh, yeah, not not nothing really to say about Lingard. There was a chance he had down the left-hand side, and he took a shot, and it didn't make any sense. So there's that. Then they made two subs. I don't really care about the subs that they made, uh, <laughs> because there's Arsenal. Then 88th minute, um, basically the last two subs of the game. They were like two minutes apart. Martial came on for Ronaldo. That doesn't really make much sense. Uh, and then Van der Beek came on for Bruno Fernandes uh, in the 90th minute. Um, yeah, so Scott McTominay plays 90 minutes again, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Our, our you know, um, with Ralph now. I mean, he was there watching this game. I'd be very. I'd be, I almost want to. You know, because I I don't watch the post-match press conferences or the the little speeches that play, the players give. I I don't really watch any of them. Because I I'm not really I don't know lately it's just been more excuses about why we lose and I don't care to hear any of that I just want to see results. Um, I would almost I would actually be more more interested in Ralph's post match press conference about you know if if he did a little two minute interview or something about this game as opposed to what Carrick's got to say. Uh, just to I just want to hear. I want to hear Ralph's first thoughts, first sorry thoughts on what he saw, what he thinks of the team, and he is doing he is doing a um, press conference tomorrow. I will actually check that out just because it's his first one, and I want to see what he's got to say because I don't really watch even the, you know the press conferences they do the day before the games. I don't really I don't watch them really either. I see like clips of them now and again, but I'm not really going to sit there for ten minutes watching one of them. I just, I'm not particularly as sort of concerned. So, anyway, um, yeah, that was uh pretty much the summary. Um, that was the end of the game. 
let's go to so I just want to read out a couple of tweets that I've got here this is from Fabrizio Romano who's a very reliable um, uh, journalist he says official Michael Carrick has decided to step down as first team coach and leave Manchester United following the conclusion of his spell as caretaker manager there was another tweet that he put out as well I just want to um a little quote from Carrick I'll just read this out uh Carrick my time at this great club will always rank as the best years of my years of my career are you sure about that uh, I have decided that now is the right time for me to leave the club I would like I would uh like to wish Ralph Ragnick um, the staff, the players and the fans all the best for the future. Well said, well said Carrick. I don't really agree with the first statement because you used to win Champions League and Premier League titles with this team, obviously as a player. So I would probably argue that that was a better time for you at this club. But, um, you know, you don't expect him to... I wouldn't expect him to be like, <laughs> um, hey, I did, you know, oh, it was better when we were winning stuff and I was here as a player. You don't really expect him to say that. I'm just saying that... This isn't his best time at the at the club because he's literally won things before as a player. You know when Sir Alex Ferguson was there and everything, because um, he's won the Champions League, he's won Premier Leagues, FA Cups. He's, he's pretty much won all of it. So at Manchester United, but uh, I appreciate that statement. You know that he'd like to wish Ralph the best um, and the players and the and, and the fans. And look, Carrick was not qualified for this job. I don't. I I would argue he wasn't qualified to be the um, manager's, uh, you know, the assistant manager uh, for Ole when, when that was happening. But he was put in the position. Um, Ole was obviously sacked. Carrick was just put into his place. There wasn't much he could do about that. And he knew that Ralph was gonna kind. Or he knew that he was gonna be replaced as the interim eventually. Obviously, then they decided to make the Ralph news official. Um. But I think, you know, although we still played some pretty bad football over those three games, what was it, the Villarreal, the Chelsea and the Man United job, he's done all right for those three games. He didn't lose any of them, got us through to the next round, the next part of the Champions League, which is the knockout rounds. He's won a very important game tonight against Arsenal um, and held off a very strong Chelsea team uh, as well from, from, from beating us, so... It wasn't the worst thing. I mean, does that mean that I want Carrick in charge? No, of course not. <laughs> but uh, I'm just saying, like, he did all right for the time he was there. I mean, in ter- not in terms of performance, but in terms of results. Like, it could have been a car crash, couldn't it? We could have lost all those three games. But it uh, it wasn't. So, yeah, I just wonder. So this statement, official Michael Carrick has decided to step down as first team coach and leave Manchester United following the conclusion of his spell as caretaker manager. The important part I want to know... Okay, so that's Carrick and Ollie out the door. What about Phelan and McKenna? Because I'm going to imagine that Ralph is going to look at them and... Because I, I, I'm pretty sure that a manager... I mean, Ollie did it. Because when, when Ollie was hired as the... I can't remember whether it was the interim period or when he got the uh, the full job... But Mourinho's backroom staff were still there, from what I understand. And he basically said, like, no, I don't want any of this backroom staff. I want, like, his mates, basically. <laughs> you know, like Mike Phelan, Carrick and McKenna. And they all got brought in and Mourinho's back staff got, got uh, um, taken out of the team. I can't remember any of their names. It's too long ago. And I, I, I never really knew any of their names. Um, and I wasn't covering Man United at the time. So I wasn't really, like, I, I didn't know that kind of stuff. Um... But I am imagining that because what what are uh, what are McKenna and Phelan expecting to happen now, now that Carrick has has gone and Ollie's gone and because I, I mean it seems like Carrick has this yeah he says this has decided to step down, so he could have been like hey hey no I need to you know be be the assistant manager but I think he's just realised like hey we're, we're we're past this time period now, Ragnit's gonna come in and. Uh, he, he needs his own backroom staff, basically. He needs his own, his own, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, assistants and, and those sorts of things. Because that will, that's the only way you're going to help Ragnick do his job properly. 
if you give him the support that he needs and that includes getting his own backroom staff in there as well so it it would be a little bit strange like if Phelan and McKenna were like oh yeah we're still sticking around it's like okay why <laughs> sort of thing um so we'll, we'll see what happens but anyway um yeah he's he's gone now of course Michael Carrick so um yeah it should be should be Ralph time on uh on Sunday, which I'm I'm looking forward to. I'm not going to give the whole big speech again about like fresh starts and all that kind of stuff because I already did that. But uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, we still got player ratings to do, and I've got a man of the match to choose from, um, which is going to be interesting because there's there's two particular players that really stand. No, three three players that really stood out to me today, actually. So I'll have to pick from one of them three. But while I decide who that's going to be, uh, let's take a quick break, do some housekeeping, and then I'll tell you who my man of the match is. I'll, I'll do that at the start. And then I'll get into the other player ratings, but I'll see you for all that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for kualu and the amazon affiliate link if you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month and then when it gets to the next month you can request a new tv show or a film review of your choice that's three dollar level tier that does also of course include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show all right recently on entertainment talk uh on tuesday we did it a bit earlier because uh, david has now gone off on holiday he will be still be able to join me for uh, next week's series finale the show i'm talking about i should have mentioned what that is the walking dead world beyond season two episode nine the penultimate episode of the series has not been cancelled after two seasons it was built to be two seasons uh was kind of the design of the story and everything uh, so that's that and next week will be season two episode 10 which will be the series finale we're going to plan to do a series wrap up probably the week after i would imagine uh after the series finale has gone out um so yeah that was that so that's been pretty fun with the walking dead world beyond uh gaming talk this week uh speakers and people have not been quite available uh for like personal reasons and stuff uh, robert was unable to join me this week for gaming talk so i did a solo episode this week and i talked about uh amazon is in uh has ordered a a Mass Effect television series, so of course the Mass Effect video game series from, who makes that? It's uh, EA, yes, I was going to say Ubisoft, but no, it's EA, uh, of course Bioware and all that sort of stuff. Um, there's going to be a TV series in development at Amazon, so I talked about the prospects of that. There's a Marvel MMO, which is Massive Multiplayer Online, game in development from the same team that did the DC Universe online game which i had a few issues with but it was mostly a, a pretty decent success and also a big update from cd um project red or cdpr um about the next gen versions and patches and updates for the witcher 3 and for cyberpunk 2077 which will be hitting at some point next year so i talked about all of that and also gave my impressions of uh, recent games i've been playing as well uh, of course there's united cast one one game with chelsea there is uh the podcast talking about ralph being appointed as the manager i uh, did a film review as well no time to die the fifth and final 
uh, Daniel Craig, uh, James Bond film, No Time to Die. I really, really enjoyed it. Gave that a must-see rating. Uh, I also saw Venom that led me carnage, and I didn't like it at all. Gave that a skip rating. So there's that one. Um, there's the Villarreal 2-0 win that I did a podcast for. There's the podcast I mentioned earlier as well, the Ole Gunnar Solskjaer Sacked podcast. So if you want more of my thoughts on him as a manager, because this might be your first podcast that you're listening to. So you might not know my thoughts on the uh, previous manager. But uh, you can listen to that one. And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. You can find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. So... Uh, some of you might be thinking, hey, Matt, Ronaldo, two goals, does that not mean man of the match? Um, I am going to, just by a slightest of margins, I'm going to give it to De Gea again, because he did make a lot of really important saves again. I think that's like the fourth match in a row that I've given our goalkeeper man of the match. Uh, man United did announce earlier, by the way, earlier today, player of the month for November is David De Gea. <laughs> You know you know something's wrong when the club themselves is like, hey, our goalkeeper was our best player of the month. It's like, mm, is that because we can't defend well and because he's making too many saves? Yeah, I think that's probably why. So, um, I mean, that means I'm on the same page as whoever chose that because we both agree that De Gea has been the best player recently for the team. But it shouldn't. Your, your goalkeeper should never be never be your best player because he should be the one that's least involved, really. Um, so anyway, there's that. Uh, I'm going to do my next chunk of ratings in a big sort of section. McTominay, <coughs> excuse me, McTominay, Lindelof, and Maguire all get zeros. Absolutely atrocious. All three of them. Um, I do think McTominay was the worst of the day. The only reason I do actually think that, although I think Lindelof and... I mean, I just gave all of them the same score. Um, how many backwards passes does McTominay want to do? Is it because he's scared to pass the ball forward? He doesn't think he's got the ability to? He's been told to pass the ball backwards? What's going on with that? Now, there's two things that are either going to happen. Because Ralph ain't going to have that happen. I've heard enough about the way that he gets his teams to play... And he's not going to put up with sideways, backwards passing. Especially backwards. You can pass sideways and then forwards. But backwards passing, no. Um, by the way, what I spoke about in the last episode, I think, there's a 10 second rule that Ralph Ragnick has got. And I got what, what I thought it was is not the right thing. Um, I thought what it was was you had 10 seconds to like get out of your own half or something. No, Ralph's rule... Is when you win the ball back, you need to take a shot, not a shot of your drink, a kick of the ball um, within 10 seconds. So that, I mean, it takes us 10 seconds to get out of our own half, half the time. So that's like a completely different, it, it's just going to be so interesting because the way that Ralph is going to want us to play football, at least from what I've heard, is the actual complete opposite to the way that we play football. Because... He's gonna want to do. He's gonna want to do the things that I've been asking for and talking about, which is, you know, um, uh, passing and moving, playing in triangles, playing the ball forwards, fast, fluid attacking football. Uh, it's called heavy metal football, and then obviously, you know, the um, I think it's called Gegenpress, Gegenpress or something. Uh, it's pronounced in German, so I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Basically, to press the opposition quite a lot, which we don't really do. Anyway, so, um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. So, McTominay's got two choices. Either when, um, and it's not just McTominay, it's Lindelof, it's Fred, it's Maguire, it's a lot of our team as well. But McTominay, I think, is the biggest culprit for it, which is the backwards passing. Now, McTominay's got two choices. When Ralph comes in and tries to coach the team, he can either try to learn from that coaching and start passing the ball forward... Or he can continue to pass the ball backwards and get dropped and or eventually sold from the team. Because then, to be honest, if Ralph looks at somebody like McTominay and thinks, okay, I can't I can't get it in you to coach you to uh, pass the ball forwards and do attacking football. And then if he keeps not getting into the team because of that, and January's coming up, why would he not just sell him? He probably would, wouldn't he? I mean, McTominay is... Uh, in a few days, actually, on the 8th of December, he's going to be 25. 
from the age of 25 to 30 is when a footballer is supposed to be in the prime of their career not learning new things like you can adapt different things into your game but doing something as basic as passing the ball forward um if you're trying to coach a 25 year old footballer to do that um then you've got a challenge on your hands basically in order to try to do that basically so yeah good good luck McTominay with with that and look it's not just him it's Fred it's Lindelof and it's Maguire they all do it but McTominay's the, the the worst at doing it um in terms of, I'm just going to rate the the what I call the four in the middle uh very quickly um so Lindelof Maguire McTominay zero Fred I'm going to give a two there's a specific reason I'm going to give him a two first of all because I thought his performance was was bad again uh, he did alright against Chelsea, but I thought he was bad in this game. I'm going to actually give him one point for winning a penalty and one point for the pass to Bruno. Because it's literally like, it's two assists, isn't it? I mean, winning a penalty is kind of like half of, a, half of an assist. A two is still a very bad score, but I just want to give him that just because of... Um, he, did, he didn't do like nothing. He did, you know, make a pass to... Bruno which does give us a goal because if he misplaces the pass or he gets tackled then the ball probably doesn't go to Bruno and we probably don't score so yeah all right let's move on from Fred to talk about uh the fullbacks uh Delo and Tellez I'm going to give them both a seven each I thought they were a bit of a refreshing change of pace I do think both of them defensively have got some things to sort out and again Ralph you know coming in and doing his new coaching and that sort of thing that could help those players out and I was going to say that this was Delo's best game in a while, but he hasn't actually played in a long time. I think the last time he played was in one of the group stage Champions League games. So it was this season, but um, he gets forward pretty well. His crossing wasn't quite as like, quite as good as what I thought it was going to be, but I thought he got forward well um, generally and uh, did some pretty good link-up play. And defensively, it was okay. So I'll give them both a 7 uh, I thought they were just kind of above average uh, performance. Pretty much like equal game between the two of them. So that's what I'm going to settle on for that. Uh, Rashford I don't think got into the game too well. I thought he struggled quite a lot. There was a point where I thought Ronaldo should have passed it to Rashford. That could have led to a goal. So I'm going to give Rashford a 4. I thought he had to cut kind of a poor game. Uh, just sort of a below average sort of poor game. Uh, Sancho, I'm very, very impressed with Jaden Sancho. I really, really like him a lot. And it's interesting because the current setup for this Man United team is to hit on the break. And Sancho's got some speed about him, but he's not as fast as the likes of maybe Diallo or Rashford or uh, who else is quick? Greenwood, those sorts of players. But um, I I think Sancho's composure is really good. I really like the way that he does with uh, his how good he is at link-up play as well. And I just think from the Villarreal game until now, and maybe a couple of games before the Villarreal game, he's really found some form. And it probably did help a lot. You know, that goal against Villarreal, uh, the first goal for Sancho, and obviously that can boost his confidence a bit. So that was probably quite a big uh, landmark uh, thing for or, or checkpoint sort of thing for, uh, for to happen to Sancho and it was a very good goal against Villarreal as well and of course he took the initiative against Chelsea picked up the ball from Jorginho scored a goal there and he's getting a little bit of an actual run of games as well which is good but I, I really like Sancho I really really like him a lot I'm glad that we signed him uh, and I look forward to seeing even more of him the only thing I don't want to happen which happened in this game is a, they swapped wings uh, they swapped over uh, Rashford and Sancho for some reason at some point. Um, I don't know why that happened, but it did. So, but uh, I like Sancho a lot. I'm gonna. I haven't actually set a score. I'll give him an eight. I I, I really liked his game today. Uh, Bruno a little bit more controlled than the previous game. Still gave the ball away a lot. Uh, did score a good goal. Um, was pretty good in the link up play as well. Um. I'd probably something between a seven or an eight. I would I would give him. I'm going to you know what because he scored. I'll I'll go with, I'll go with an eight for that. Uh, Ronaldo, I'm going to give an eight to as well. I know he scored two goals. Uh, I thought his performance in the first half wasn't very good. Picked himself up in the second half. Of course, scored the penalty. 
and tucked away the chance from Rashford. So I'm going to give him an eight. I did think he had a good. He, he had. He he got better as the game went on. It just took a little bit too long for that to kind of happen. So I'm going to give him an eight. Uh, I saw that whoever the commentary team, obviously at Amazon, uh, gave him man of the match, which I'm not going to really argue against, but because um, obviously he scored two goals. But I thought his performance could have been sorted out a little bit more. But um, again, you know, Ralph's coming in, so we'll see how he fixes up the team. Uh, Lingard, I've got nothing to say about Lingard apart from that chance that I mentioned earlier. Martial, I don't remember anything that he did, and I don't remember anything that Donny did either because they both came on the pitch very very late again uh just a note as well uh so it says missing players currently uh Cavani uh, is out injured Pogba's out injured Shaw and Varane are all out injured at the moment and if McTominay's not careful he's going to get too many yellow cards and he's going to get sent off at some point or he's going to do that thing where you build up to five yellow cards because he keeps playing very recklessly so yeah, we'll see if that happens in the future. Um, but uh, there we go. That's pretty pretty much everything for this game. Uh, Carrick's confirmed to be out. Um, I don't know what McKenna and Feeling are going to do. Sort of awkward the way they're still kind of hanging around. Um, depends on what's in their contracts and that kind of thing, I suppose. Um, I, I don't really know what that would be. So we'll have to see. Uh, fresh start, hopefully, Sunday. I'm not going to do a whole big speech thing like I did before. <laughs> Uh, but training session tomorrow, I would get, you got to have at least like one training session between now and Sunday, um, because the game's at two, so they haven't got that much, there's not that much time again between these games as well, but very interested to see what Ralph says tomorrow, um, I do have a few, few things I need to do tomorrow, but I'll try to make sure that I listen to that at some point tomorrow as well, um, but yeah. It it should be interesting. New era now. And we will see what uh, Ralph is going to be capable of uh, as well. But as I said in the previous episode when I gave that big kind of talk. Um, don't expect things to be dramatically different on Sunday. Because it might take a bit of time for uh, Ralph to implement his uh, coaching and everything. So, uh, Sunday 5th of December... Crystal Palace 2 o'clock and I believe there's a game on Wednesday yes Wednesday 8 o'clock against Young Boys we have already qualified for the Champions League um, just a quick note on that game by the way uh, me and David because David is going to be 8 hours behind me from well I think he's already travelled to, to America um, because we're going to be doing our Walking Dead podcast on Wednesday, it will possibly be at 8, so given that we've already qualified, I don't know if I'll actually be able to see the Young Boys game, but of course I'll be able to see Ralph's first game, which is on Sunday, so there might not be a United Cast episode for the Wednesday game. Um, I'll still watch the highlights, still see the goals and everything, I won't just like completely blank on the game, but I might not be able to see it, but... It's a kind of a decent coincidence because we've already uh, qualified, which is good. Then we play on Saturday, half past five, Norwich away, the 11th. So those are the next three games. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'll be able to watch the uh, Norwich game on the Saturday. That'll be the Saturday night. So... We'll see how that goes. In the meantime, let me know what you think. What did you think of this game? What did you think of the goals? What did you think of the uh, foreign um, thing I talked about with Ronaldo and the British media press and everything and him getting 800 goals? Congratulations to Ronaldo for getting 800 goals. Will he be able to hit 1,000 goals before he he retires? That'll be interesting. He's 36. Ibrahimovic is still playing and he's, I think, 38. So... You know, another couple of years, we just got to give him the ball enough times, I suppose. That is quite a few, that is 200 more goals. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's quite a few that he needs still, but we shall see, we shall, we shall see what he can do. Uh, let me know if you're excited about Ralph coming in. What do you think of Carrick not being there at all now? He's not even going to be an assistant. He's out of, of uh, Manchester United. Um, what do you think of the performances and the goals and all that kind of stuff? Let me know what you think. 
uh, matthewedentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. So uh, get in touch that way. Or if you're, also, if you're listening on the website version of this podcast, you can scroll down a bit. You'll see a big email box. Put your email and your message in there. That can get sent to me as well. You can also click on or copy and paste the email name, which is in the show notes, and contact contact us that way as well. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, Manchester United podcast, so take a look out for all those as well. Uh, we're wrapping up the year slowly, we've got a few weeks left basically of podcasts, so uh, just have a look out for it all as well. Uh, if you want to support Entertainment Talk on the podcast, you can either simply listen to more episodes, either by the website entertainmenttalk.org, or find us on podcast platforms by searching for Entertainment Talk. You can also use word of mouth and social media, let other people know that about the content that we make, what we do and where they can find it, either by spreading the word on social media or by just telling other people. That really helps us out. Patreon, $1, $3 level tiers, ad-free podcast review options. Uh, take a look at that if you'd like to as well. Uh, the Geek Town Awards are now live as well. Um, so that's run by David, of course, over on geektown.co.uk. So if you want to vote for your favourite uh, shows in different categories, your game of the year, your film of the year, uh, there's nothing football related on there, unfortunately, because it's just like a TV and, and, and film website with the games thing included as well. Um, <clears throat> but you can, uh, if you enter that competition, if you go and vote for your favourite shows and, and films and stuff for the year... Uh, you can be entered into a prize draw. I'm not sure the exact thing that you can win, but you can go over to the website, geektown.co.uk. You uh, can find it that way. If you want to find the direct link, it's geektown.co.uk forward slash awards, and you can go on there, you can go and vote and be part of all of that. Uh, for your general TV and film news, David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and Geektown Radio, which is on Tuesdays. Of course, this week's Geektown Radio episode was uh, myself, David, and Gray. Um, breaking down the year and deciding what things should be nominated basically for the different categories TV and film and all that sort of thing so go and check out all of that you can find Beck streaming pretty much daily over on Twitch Trista Bites, Trista B-Y-T-E-S go and give her a follow over there for all of her great stuff uh, you can find me on Twitch as well UK, for my different gaming streams I did the, another Pez stream last night as well sorry another Pez stream last night as well so you can see what I would do with the Manchester United team that's going relatively well at the moment if you miss the episode uh later on they'll all be available to watch on youtube entertainment talk plays all the episodes apart from yesterday's one are on youtube at the moment but it will just take me a minute or two to put the newest one onto youtube uh the schedule for that is thursdays 11:45 p.m gmt over on twitch etalk uk on twitch and then saturdays is the avengers campaign continued that's the same time 11:45 p.m gmt on Saturdays. That doesn't include this Saturday though. So back to a normal schedule next week for all that. But if you want to find those Twitch streams archived and other little clips and videos and things, uh, Entertainment Talk Plays over on YouTube. Go and get yourself subscribe subscribed to there. Go and follow us on Twitch as well, eTalk UK, for all the different gaming streams as well. Thank you all very much for listening and I'll uh, see you Sunday for Palace. Um, new era, hopefully. And. Uh, We'll see what happens. I'm very curious about what he's got to say first. And, of course, at 1 o'clock on Sunday, his first team selection. See you then for all that. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.